We continue the series today, Be My Valentine. I'm going to be talking to you a few minutes today about the subject, My Marriage is Ended. Now what? My marriage is ended. Now what? I want to ask you a few questions right up front, and I'm going to ask you to be honest, okay? By an uplifted hand, I'd like to know how many in this experience today ever told a lie? Lift your hand if you ever told a lie, all right? All right. How many's ever been divorced? Lift your hand if you've been divorced, all right? How many ever stole something? Raise your hand if you ever stole something, all right? How many of you ever tried to do something and failed? Lift your hand if you ever tried to do, all right? How many of you just wish I'd shut up? Just lift your hand. Man, man, it's like, who are you to get out of here, man? Who does this guy think he is coming in here making us confess to all this stuff, huh? Yeah. You see, it's not fun because when we admit our failures, it makes us look less than perfect to everybody else. But in reality, we've all failed. In many ways, we've failed. And I've come to talk to you a few minutes today about a failure in my life. You see, my name is Lynn. I have been divorced. I'm not proud to stand up today and and say that to you, to thousands of people. I'm I'm, I'm not proud to stand here and say, you know, uh, my my marriage didn't, it, it didn't make it and and I can, I can think back just a few weeks ago when Pastor Herbert was teaching us, uh, the message in particular was about how he quit cheating on his wife and kids because his ministry got just a powerful teaching from Pastor Herbert. And as I sat and watched that online, I, I thought, you know what, that's me because, you know, I was guilty of nothing illegal or immoral, but it, it was an occasion where my ministry came ahead of my, my marriage and, and uh, I, I, I I just sat there and I thought, you know what? I just was not successful in doing what he was communicating. Even when I watched last week about Pastor Herbert, he, he was teaching about how to fight fair. And I, I just, it's just so much conviction. And I, I stand before you today and I, I tell you, I failed. I failed. Now, I know there are several groups of people listening to my teaching today. I, I know that there are some here and, and you're in a category with me. Uh, maybe, maybe you've been through a divorce, but it's been been years ago, and maybe you've you've worked through some of those things, and it's not as fresh for you. And and I, I know even in another category, there's some of you here, and you you actually have not been through a divorce, but you've been touched by it. Maybe a close friend of yours has has been divorced, and maybe your children, maybe your parents, and even though it directly hasn't happened to you. You've been touched by it and you've been able to watch and see the pain and the agony of everything that goes with that. There are some here today and it's real fresh with you. I mean, just me standing up here today and talking about divorce and saying that word is open to wound up and you're hurting. I mean, it's it's really fresh for you. It's new and you you were lied to and you, you were hurt. It's painful and... And I I mean, it's just opening something up for you. And and then there's another group, and this is the final. There's another group here today. Maybe you haven't been through a divorce, but you're thinking about it. You're you're plotting in your mind. I wonder what it would be like. Maybe you're planning ahead. 
thinking things would be better. Before I get into my teaching, could I just stop and address you today and let you know that if you're here today and you're thinking about it, can, can I just tell you, would you trust God to save your marriage? There's so much hurt and heartache, so much pain. I, I know some of you thinking right now, you know what, you don't know what my spouse is doing. You don't know what's going on, but can I just ask you to give God a chance? There's so much hurt. There's so much loss that, that, that goes into it. I, I just want to ask you, give, give God a chance and, and pray about it and, and let forgiveness operate in your heart. Even though my divorce took place about 12 years ago, there's a verse that I think very well describes exactly where my life was 12 years ago. These verses are in Acts chapter 27, verses 13 through 15. Paul has set sail with a group of sailors. Acts 27:13 says, When a gentle south wind began to blow, they thought they had obtained what they wanted. So they weighed anchor and sailed along the shore of Crete. Before very long, a wind of hurricane force called the Northeaster swept down from the island. The ship was caught by the storm and could not head into the wind. So we gave way to it and were driven along. Friends, could you focus on the phrase in the first verse there that says, They had obtained what they wanted. You see, that's where I was in my life 12 years ago. Successful ministry. I was scheduled a year and a half in advance. It was booked up. and I just had a, a brand new baby girl. And life was good. I thought I had obtained what I wanted. I thought life was good. And so I flew in from a ministry event. And, and uh, I wasn't home very long. And I thought I had obtained what I wanted. Just, just maybe an hour at home. And there's a knock at my door. I went to the door. And there's... A police officer standing there served me papers. I'll never forget the feeling of taking those papers in my hand. Feeling stunned. Shocked. I I could literally feel myself begin to shake. And I just so overwhelmed by the moment and what those papers were saying to me. And what they were going to mean to my life. And so I stared and stunned Just a few seconds probably went by and I looked up at the officer and I said, what's going to happen if I don't respond to this? Isn't it great how sometimes we think if we ignore our problems, they'll go away? Uh, Isn't that great? I'm stunned. I just thought, you know what? Wouldn't it be wonderful if we could pick our storms? That'd be great if when something bad came our way, if we could just look up to God and say, reject. Next, wouldn't that be awesome? You and I both know it's not the way it works. So, and I'll never forget just taking those papers and I'd lay them down the desk and take a pen in my hand. My hand shaking so much I could, I couldn't even sign my names. You see what had happened? The wind of hurricane force had hit me. The northeaster. I thought I'd obtain what I wanted, but the storm. It blew in and the hurricane force was just taken to the point where, where the verses said, we just reach a place where we just have to give in to it. We just, we just have to give in to it. We just, just have to let it go. And I, I, can't, I can't 
accurately, I don't think, communicate to you all of the emotions that began to follow that. I mean, my first thing was fear. I was afraid. It scared me to death. My, my, I felt my world's crumbling all around me. I, I, what am I going to do? How am I going to hold this thing together? I, I, don't, I don't know how this is all going to work for me. And it's fear. And, and, and then I go to the point of sometimes I'm getting nauseated, just sick. I began to lose a lot of weight and just, just so sick all the time. And, and then I, I, I got bitter and, and angry. And I know some of you so holy, you never get angry. I know, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But I just get angry at the situation. I, I just, it's so bitter. You know, it seemed like I worked through one emotion and another one would come. And I get through that emotion, another one would come. And it's just a constant cycle of emotion that was going through my life. Some of them very new to me. And since I was in new territory, I did take a step back and viewed the reaction of other people going on because of my divorce. And I will tell you that I had friends, close friends. I played golf with them. I ate in their home. Suddenly they won't talk to me. I show up in a minister's meeting with them. They walk the other way. They, they don't even want to be friends anymore. And the devastation of this and the hurt and all of a sudden preachers start calling me and canceling me you can't, you can't come to my church. And they'd give all kinds of excuses. But I, I knew the devastation. So now all of this, the, the reactions of people and, and things that's going on now is beginning to affect my ministry, which is my livelihood. It's not like I, I'm going to get an income from somewhere else. And so all of a sudden, it's just everything's been going away. And I'm standing back and, and I'm going, well, look at, look at all this. There's so much rejection, so many people walking out of my life but this is the one that devastates me the most even still to this day there's a picture of my daughter Carissa on the screen Carissa's now 13 years old and refuses to even call me dad she won't take my phone calls it's nothing illegal nothing immoral I never did anything wrong to her but the pain of divorce separated me from my little girl. I don't have a relationship with her. The reaction of people just blew me away. I, I just couldn't believe close friends were deserting me. But you know what? Jesus knew this. Jesus knew this feeling. You see, before he got to the cross, to die on the cross for your sins and mine, Jesus went through an experience in the Garden of Gethsemane. And he, he took some of his friends into that garden with him. And he said, guys, just watch with me. Just pray. I'm, there's something I got to go through. And it's going to be devastating and painful in my life. I just, just pray with And the Bible said he went on a little further and he prayed. He came back to his friends and they were asleep. He woke him up and said, guys, come on. I need you to pray with me. I need you now. He went away again, fell on his face, prayed again. Came back to him. They're asleep again. You see, Jesus knew what it was to go through sorrow and pain 
and feel like heaven was silent and his best friends were asleep. Jesus knew that. He understood what it was like to have that kind of pain in his life. And then it leads me to the incredible sense of loss that divorce brought to me. It's like everything's gone. It's like all at once. I'll never forget moving out of the house and into a small apartment and walking in that first time. I got no furniture. I got nothing. I'm just overwhelmed by the fact that, hey, you know what? I've lost everything. I've lost everything. Nope. Nobody's calling me. Nope. I'm getting canceled. My... My daughter, you know, my marriage is gone. My finances are gone. I, my furniture, I, I got, it's just an incredible sense of loss that came to me. And I can remember on a number of occasions, friend, uh, I'd be sitting uh, in my uh, office. The only furniture I had in that office furniture, and I just, I'd sit there, and on a number of occasions, I'd just stare at the phone, and I'd say, God, let the phone ring. God, let somebody call me. God, please, call, let somebody, and nobody would call. I'd be begging God, crying, just so much. This is the one that just about emotionally did me in, the incredible sense of loss Drove me to depression. Now, I want you to understand, I, was, I never went to a doctor. I never got diagnosed with depression. But how many of you know when you're so low, you can play tennis off the curb, there's something wrong? <laughs> you, there's a deal there, you know, there's a deal. And that's where I was. I knew it was just darkness. And, and, and I'd go and speak at my ministry events. And I just had, you know, a few friends. Just, just like a dark cloud. Just an incredible, incredible sense of loss. I have good news for you, People's Church. Regardless of how everybody else responded, the final authority in my life is not my friend's. The final authority in my life is not preachers. It's not a denomination that deserted me. That's not the final authority in my life. That, that's not. The final authority in all of our lives is the Word of God. That's the final authority. I, I will tell you, if you're a visitor here and you're attending People's Church today, if I lived in Oklahoma City... I would attend church at People's Church because they believe the final authority is the Word of God. We're thankful for that. And, and that's one reason I would go here. Pastor Herbert and this, the staff and the team here, that's what we believe. The final authority is the Word of God. Not anything else. This is it. It doesn't matter what they all think. It matters what the Word of God says. There's a great story about authority. The farmer's sitting in his house one day, and he's just sitting there, and this man pulls up in the driveway, and he comes to the door, and he knocks on the door, and the farmer goes, answers the door, and this man's there, and he identified himself as a farm inspector. He takes his card out of his pocket, and he says to the farmer, he said, Mr. Farmer, you to understand I'm a farm inspector, and this card right here gives me the authority to check out your farm. 
Do you understand, Mr. Farmer, that I can do anything I want on your farm because I got this card? Well, the farmer's not impressed. He said, yeah, whatever. He said, no, do you understand that this card gives me the authority. I can go to your barn. I can check out what's it. I can go to your equipment. I can check out everything that, that all your equipment. I can go through your hay. I can go over every inch of your property. Do you understand, Mr. Farmer, how important I am? This card gives me the authority. I can do what I want on your farm. Farmer's still not impressed. It's like, whatever, dude, have a big time. Farmer goes back, sits down, starts reading his Progressive Farmer magazine, probably. The inspector takes off, and he starts inspecting. A little bit of time goes by, and all of a sudden, the farmer can hear the inspector screaming from the field, help, help, help. Farmer gets up, goes over to the door, and leans out the door. And what's happened is that inspector done got caught in the pen with the prize bull. And that bull is coming at him hard, fast, and low. So the farmer did what only the farmer would do. He leaned out the door and yelled, show him your card, boy, show him your card. How many of you know that bull don't care about that card? <laughs> How many of you know that card not going to stop that bull? <laughs> Sometimes we get our ideas about authority. We get our ideas about what gives us the authority. And some people think they got authority when they don't. But I want you to know it doesn't matter what our friends think, what our family thinks, what our church thinks, what preacher. It don't even matter what the bull thinks. <laughs> this is our final authority, people's church. God's word is the final say-so. With that in mind, I want to transition to my teaching. You have a bulletin in front of you. want you to look with me at point number one, knowing that our final authority is the Word of God. Number one, divorce does not define me, God does. Divorce does not define me, God does. Romans chapter 8, verses 16 and 17 says this, The Spirit Himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs. Heirs of God, co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we may also share in his glory. You see, divorce doesn't define me. God does. Yes, I am divorced. But more than that, I'm an heir of God and a co-heir with Christ. My identity is in Christ, ladies and gentlemen. You know, for several years after I went through my divorce, I felt like divorce defined me. I felt like everywhere I went, people were talking about my divorce. If I'd walk in, there'd be two people talking. All of a sudden, well, that's Lynn. He's divorced. I felt like I walk in a restaurant. Nobody even knows me. And they start talking, that man's divorced. I felt like that was, felt like I was walking around with a t-shirt all the time that said, I am divorced. It's just something 
that I don't know if it was a reaction of others, but I felt like that's what was defining me. Good news, people's church, that doesn't define us. I am an heir of God and a child of God today. See, and that's what defines me. Amen. Paul went on to say in Romans chapter 8, verse 35, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship, persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? And then he skipped to verse 37 to answer. He said, no. Everybody shout no. In all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. You see, friend, it's not divorce that defines me today. I'm defined by an identity in Christ. I'm a child of God, an heir of God, a co-heir of Jesus Christ. And I'm going to take it even further than that, what the Scripture just said. I am more than a conqueror today because this is the final authority. It doesn't matter what anybody else says. It matters what the Word of God says. And I am connected through Christ. I am His child today. Now, the problem is, if we allow divorce to define us, it's going to become our crutch. And we can't let it be our crutch. Because then everything that goes wrong in our life, we come up and we say, well, I've been divorced. Now, that goes wrong. Well, I've been divorced. See, it becomes a crutch to us. And if something becomes a crutch to us, it's almost like it gives us a license to have a self-pity party. Raise your hand if you ever had the old poor me's. I'm going to have to pray for liars if everybody don't put your hand up. That's that's right. Yeah. We've all been there, done that, and bought the t-shirt, man. I'm going to tell you, we've all, it just can't be a crutch. You know why? Divorce doesn't define me. I'm defined by the fact that I'm still an heir of God, a child of God. Secondly, in your notes, divorce draws your true friends towards you. Divorce draws your true friends towards you. This happened to Job, chapter 2, verses 11 through 13. When Job's three friends, Eliphaz the Temanite, Bildad the Shuhite, and Zophar the Namanite. How'd you like the way I faked my way through that? (laughs) When Job's three friends heard about all the troubles that had come upon him... They set out from their homes and met together by agreement to go and sympathize with him and comfort him. When they saw him from a distance, watch this church, they could hardly recognize him. They began to weep aloud. They tore their robes. They sprinkled dust on their heads. Then they sat down on the ground with him for seven days and seven nights. No one said a word to him because they saw how great he was suffering. Let me take you back to chapter 1 where the Word of God said that Job was the wealthiest man in all the land. In the course of one chapter, though, his houses all burned down, his livestock all died, and literally all of his children died as well. In one chapter, Job lost everything that he had. His own wife looked at him and said, Job, why don't you just curse God and die? Why don't you just give it up? This, this is... But I love what the scripture just said, his friends, his true friends. Because when you go through hurt and heartache like divorce, it draws your true friends towards you. See, these guys got together. They had a meeting. They said, we need to go to our friend. And you see what the scripture said? They went to him. On their journey, they're looking at Job. This is their friend. And they didn't even recognize him. He was so emotionally messed up. 
they didn't even recognize. I'll never forget, up in Enid, Oklahoma, there's a lead pastor. And Kevin called me one day right after my divorce, and he said to me these words. He said, Lynn, I'm calling you today. I don't know what to say. I've heard you've gone through a divorce. I'm your friend. I don't know what to say to you, but I didn't want to not call. So I'm just going to call today and tell you, I'm here. We sat in silence for a few minutes. I began to cry like a baby. Just somebody reached out to me. One month after my divorce was final in 1999, I'm speaking at a ministry event in Phoenix, Arizona. A friend of mine, John, called me and said, Lynn, I know what you've just been through, and I was just praying for you, and he said this. He said, I just felt like the Lord wanted me to call you and tell you that, yes, there's a group of friends that are going to walk out of your life because of your divorce. But he said, what the Lord wants you to know is there's a new group of friends that are going to walk into your life, and they're going to be stronger than the ones that walked out of your life. And I tell you, People's Church, that's what's happened. Over the course of 12 years, that is exactly what's happened. One month after my divorce in April of 1999, I met one of my best friends today. I met in April of 1999 a man named Herbert Cooper. How many's ever heard of Herbert Cooper? Would you, do you know Herbert? All right. Just, yeah. Herbert Cooper and I met in April of 1999. Here's a young evangelist just a couple of years out of Bible college and we sat down at Brahms because God loves Brahms. <laughs> yes, he does. Yeah. We sat down at Brahms. We connected. We forged a friendship and to this day, he's one of the best friends I've got. Talk four or five times a week. It's accountability. It's partnership. Thank God for people that come into your life and become strong friends. When you, need, you see, divorce draws your true friends towards you, see. Number three. Divorce requires the healing of a supernatural God. Divorce requires the healing of a supernatural God. Because I know there are some of you here today and your, your heart's broken, your wound is fresh, and, and I mean you're reeling in your pain today. One of my favorite verses that I'm going to share to you today is this, Jeremiah chapter 30 and verse 17 that says, but I will restore you to health and heal your wounds, declares the Lord. I want to tell you in the midst of our greatest pain, there is still a God, ladies and gentlemen, who heals our wounds and restores us to health. He's faithful, ladies and gentlemen, in your darkest hour, in your greatest pain. You see, he sees every night when your tears collide with the pillow. He knows that everybody else might be asleep. Nobody else might be around. That phone might not be ringing. But there's a Lord today that wants you to know in your greatest pain that he's going to restore you to health and heal your wounds. I love this verse too, Psalm 147 verse 3. That says, he heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. You see, divorce requires the healing of a supernatural God. You need a healing if you've been through it and, and the wounds are fresh. You need that. But I want you to know, there are some things your friends can't do for you. There's some things your family can't do for you. 
I want you to understand there's some things people's church can't do for you. There's some things a preacher can't do for you. It requires the healing of a supernatural God. I'm glad he's faithful to heal our wounds and restore us to health. Ladies, I'm I'm glad he's faithful to do that. And he is. Number four. Final thought with you today is this. Divorce cannot me down, but not keep me down. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just basking in that moment for a minute. Divorce can knock me down, but not keep me down. Philippians chapter 3, verses 13 and 14. Paul writes these words. Brothers, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead. I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Divorce can knock me down, but it can't keep me down. Ladies and gentlemen, when Pastor Herbert asked me to share on this subject, to open up with transparency my life to you, I wanted to let you know what God can do. So I went back from March 1999 to now. And I just wanted to count something up. And I want to testify to you today, People's Church, that since my divorce in March of 1999 to today, in my ministry events, 3,281 people have accepted Jesus Christ as their personal Savior because divorce can knock us down, but it can't keep us down. God is still faithful. He is a restorer, ladies and gentlemen. He, He really is. And even some of the best news that I can share with you today is that five years ago, I met my wife, and our picture's coming up on the screen. Next month, Diana and I will celebrate five years of marriage. This is my wife, Diana. He's a restorer. He heals our wound. He binds us up. Now, I know what some of you are thinking. You want to ask your neighbor right now, how'd he get her? I know what you're doing. I know what you, how in the world did that happen? There is a God. <laughs> there is a God. You see, good things come. But I'm going to tell you that because I love you in closing today, I want to go back to something that I mentioned earlier in my talk. You might say, Lynn, how how does God feel about this thing called divorce? Well, I'm going to tell you Malachi chapter 2 and verse 16 says God hates divorce. And and I also want to tell you this, I hate divorce. I, I know the devastation, I know the destruction, I know the hurt, I know the heartache. I, I'm going to tell you, I hate it. And so I'm going to come back to you at the end because I love you. And if you're sitting there thinking, you know what, I, it'd just be better if I would. You're just contemplating, you think, you know what, I just need to end it. I, I just want to ask you again, do everything you can do to hang on. Pray about it. Let forgiveness begin to rule in your life. Pray about it. Talk to friends. Do something. Bring it before God. Because I know that the thought process sometimes, because some people, we sit and we think, you know what? The grass is greener on the other side. And we think about that and we try to plot that and we try to plan that. But I want to be honest with you, ladies and gentlemen. You know this, but in reality, here's what I found. That you think the grass is greener on the other side. Most of the time when we get over there, it's AstroTurf. 
Come on, that's right. It's not even real. It's certainly not as it appears. Not real, see. Give God a chance today to do something in your marriage.